Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Man, nothing like the presence of the Lord. You know, changed in the presence. That's, that's to me, when you, we talk about the glory of God, the, the glory of God, if you look at throughout the Bible and you see the glory of God in manifestation, it had to do with bringing change to something. It either had to bring change to an individual, change to a nation. It came to bring direction to individuals. It, it, came, to, it came to heal. It came to declare God's voice, to declare God's word. Amen. You know, in this morning, uh, Rick and I are going to tag team this morning, so we don't know exactly how, how this is going to go this morning, but the Lord does. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I, I, we've been talking about, you know, showing us his glory, and in the last, this is probably the fifth week, I've been using the scripture in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 8. It says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, a pure heart, it's a heart that, that it has one focus. It's a heart that has one, one, it's, it's one pursuit. And, and when you have that one pursuit, you, you have the, it's not God is just a part of my life. He is the part of my life. It's, it's not I add God to just this Sunday morning thing. No, it, 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 where it's where I bring God into my life, into my world. I receive him to where he can turn everything the way it needs to be. Amen. That's what the glory of God does. It, 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 it makes wrong things right. Are, are, you, are you saved this morning? Are, are you, then you, you've already received, if you're saved this morning, you've already received the greatest miracle there is. And, and that, that is when you accepted Jesus and that, that he died and he rose again for you, what happened is he came down on the inside of you with the glory of God and made you a new creation. Something that you have never existed before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. You know, I, I kept hearing this, this week, preparing for this morning, just in this aspect of pure heart is just an understanding, a total dependence upon God. A total dependence upon God. When Moses declared, show me your glory, it, it, that's what he was doing. He was saying, I'm depending on you. I'm depending on you. You know, and a pure heart is not about being perfect. I want to just feel led to tell this, tell this story because, because I saw and experienced the glory of God before I ever accepted him. Before I made him a reality in my life, I, I, um, I, I, it was uh, 1993, and some of you have heard the story. It's, it's, it's Rick and I's message, so you can hear it again. It's okay. <laughs> and and, and it, wasn't, it wasn't about me being perfect on that Sunday evening. Matter of fact, I was far from perfect. I, I was working at a liquor store. I, 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 was, I smoked two packs of cigarettes a day. I had, you know, um, you know I had, had no hope. Had no, some people were like, really? Yeah. I, had, I, I was sick. I had, a, I had a deformed lungs. I had a start of a lung disease, a lung disorder at 19 years of age. And the doctor said I would be on, could be on oxygen every day for the rest of my life. And, and here I was in my sister's living room, and all I did was, all I said, Lord, if you're real, I need you. 
I wasn't perfect. I'm far from it. But all it took was for a heart to turn towards him. It was my heart at that moment in time. At that exact moment, my heart was pure because my reality was like, I've tried everything else. I need you. I, I, I was laying there and, and like I said, I'm not really sure in the reality of God's existence. And, and whether it was audible or in here, I don't know. But I heard this something come up and it said, said, tell me you love me. And I was like, so I was like, I love you. I was like, this is crazy. I started sweating a little bit. And I was like, I was like, this is crazy. I'm talking to myself. I had a high fever. My head was pounding. I, I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. And I'm laying there, and, 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 I, turn, and I was like, this, this is crazy. This is, this is stupid. What am I doing? Some time went by, and I, the TV's on. I'm not sure, even sure what's on. And, and I was there by myself, and, and all of a sudden, I cried out again. And I was like, I was in so much pain, couldn't breathe. If you ever had asthma, it's like, <gasps> I could barely get, get enough breath in. And, and so, so I'm laying there, and I hear the voice again say, tell me you love me. He said, turn away from the TV and face the couch. And he said, tell me you love me and don't stop. I said, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you. You see that song, that, that chains fall. And that, that song just talking about what Jesus has done. You know, everything, I, I, I hadn't, wait a minute, but, but it wasn't, what, I hadn't made Jesus the Lord of my life yet, so to speak. I, I didn't say the exact prayer. I didn't say Romans. Chapter 10. I didn't say that yet. And so I'm laying there. But, but what happened was, is, is I was doing Romans chapter 10. And without even realizing it and laying there. And, and as I said, I love you. I love you. I don't know how long I said it, but it went from I love you to I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. And then all of a sudden, something came on me from the top of my head. It was something I'd never felt before in that, in that capacity. Went all the way down through my body. You could, you could wring my clothes out from sweat from my fever breaking. All of a sudden, I could breathe. You know, I heard about people dancing in church and thought they were crazy. I heard, I heard about, you know, those spirit-filled people. I grew, up in a, I, I, I grew up in a spirit-filled church, a denominational spirit-filled church, and, and, and had seen some things. But the next thing you know, I was dancing. And I, and I kind of like, like, what am I doing? But, but all, I, all, I know is, all I know is I'm completely soaking wet, but I can breathe. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. It was my focus at that moment, that, in that time, of me totally being dependent upon him. Show us your glory, Father. Hallelujah. Come on, Rick. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Test one, two. Hallelujah. There we go. Glory to God. 
Glory to God. You know, you think about that, Pastor Justin, because you're sitting there and you're doing exactly what uh, Moses did. There was a bright, shining light. The, the glory of God shows up in your life somehow, some way, some miraculous way. God has divine appointments for each and every one of us. And it, for Pastor Justin, it was this moment right here. For me, it was a different moment. For every one of us, there was a moment in time when you knew that the Spirit of the Lord was crying out to you. God was seeking after you. And you and I had to be the ones, just like Moses did, to start doing, okay, God, this is you. This is who you are. I'm going to run to you. I'm going to go after you. And when Moses entered into that uh, covenant with God, and I want to read with you for just a quick second in Exodus, because you'll see part of what Moses did here. He says in Moses in, in Exodus 33, 13 through 15, he says, now, therefore, I pray thee if I have found grace. So he's having a conversation just like Pastor Justin had had with God in his, in his, uh, on that couch, in that, in that living room, he was having a real conversation, just like a man talks to another man about what life is all about. Who are you? And what do you, and, and, and the revelation that you, you know, God different than I know God. But if you've ever asked Jesus in it, you have a personal relationship with God that nobody can ever take away from you because it's an experience that you have personally obtained through seeking after him as he was seeking after you, you know? And so you see Moses here in a conversation here with God. He says, uh, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now, I love this, your way. And it makes me think about Psalms chapter 103, where it says, the children of God saw the things of God. Moses understood the ways of God. And I've heard Dr. Savell say this, Brother Copeland, and some of our other great ministers that, have, that are before us. And the aspect of it is, you can take it all away from me and I'll have it back again. Because when you understand the way to get the things that God's placed in your life, when you understand how to obtain what Jesus has paid for you on that cross, it's always easy to get it back. Amen. So he's after, he's asking this, show me now thy way that I may know thee. And that verb that conocer, it's that verb, not saber, not a factual knowledge. I want to intimately and under, I want to understand you in an intimate relationship that I know you for who you really are. People have said other things about you, but I want to know you for who you really are. Show me your glory, Lord. Show me who you are, the magnificent of who you are. So no matter where you are, no matter where you are, if you don't have a relationship with God, today is your day. But if you have a relationship with God, there's still that yearning on the inside of God to know more of you, but you to know more of who he really is. He desires to reveal himself to us, but it comes like Pastor Justin, even in that Beatitudes, you look at Matthew chapter 5, bless, when you hunger and thirst for the things of God, you will be filled with the things of God. When you, if you want to see more of God, you need to search for more of God. You need to reach out for more of God. You need to continue. Pastor Justin didn't just stop with that one instance inside of in that living room. He continued to pursue after God, and God has revealed himself to Pastor Justin in many more ways, not just that one instance. And there's some things in our lives that he's wondering, that you have questions about, that you're wondering, you know what? You and I have the awesome opportunity because of the blood of Jesus to come boldly to the throne room of grace. If I have found grace and favor in your life, to come boldly to the throne to obtain mercy, huh? come on, and help in time of need. So no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, God's still asking for the same thing. 
man, just, I want your heart, man. Come on, you and I, I need to spend time with you. Come spend time with me. Get intimate with me. If you want to see my glory in its fullness and manifest it in your life, it's going to come not from what you're seeing everybody else do. It's going to come from your personal relationship with, with me and the process of getting to know me for who I really am. So Moses finds this, and that's mine and your challenge is, are we going to continuously press towards that aspect in our life? I will give thee rest. My, this, oh, it's important here. Let's go back. That I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence will go with thee, and I will give you rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence does not go do, if, if, if thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. So don't let us go. And then in verse 17, it says, And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight. And here comes that word again, that word to know. And I know thee by name. I know you for who you really are, Moses. You're not trying to tap into something, that some new trick or some new idea. You're trying to understand and have an intimate relationship with me. And I know your heart right now. I know your heart, Pastor Judge. It's so easy to serve such amazing pastors because they have a heart and a passion for the things for God himself. And all the other things just get added unto us. Amen. And that's the same thing with the Savelles, the same thing with the Copeland. We, we run after God because they're running after God because they're paving a way for us through an intimate relationship, through experience that they've had with him over year, over circumstance, after circumstance, after circumstance. And God has showed up and showed them his glory for them. But he'll do the same thing for me. He'll do the same thing for you. He's no respecter of person. He's a respecter of faith. But I've got to know him better in order for him to manifest his glory in the way that he desires to do so. Amen? Pastor Justin. Yeah. You know, he talks about Jesus knowing him and, and, uh, and the whole reality of this relationship with knowing God. And, and, you know, I thought about Jesus. And I want to read a scripture to you real quick. In John chapter 7, it says, He that speaks of himself seeks his own glory. But he that seeks his glory that sent him, the same is true. In John chapter 8, Jesus makes another statement. He goes, I seek not my own glory. I seek not my own glory. I, I think too often when he talk about, about a pure heart and, and totally surrendering, what Moses was doing was, was in, in, if I'm going to do what you've asked me to do, then I need to totally surrender everything that I am. I need to surrender my ideas. I need to surrender my opinions. I need to surrender all these things and bring these things under the word. Jesus, Jesus in the natural could have said, you know what? I could maybe could have done this a little bit different, but no, he goes, I'm not, I'm not here for my own glory. I'm not here for my own glory. Jesus was a model and he was an example. And he goes, he goes, I came not to seek my own glory. You know what? I don't want Justin's glory. I don't want what what just Justin can produce. I've seen what ju- just Justin can produce. Come on, come on. I've seen what Justin can produce as a pastor. Don't like it. I, I've seen what Justin can produce as, as a husband. I can see what Justin can produce. But it's with God. It's, it's this, this whole aspect of doing it with God. With God. And in and, and, and the world today, there's so many people that have an idea about God. But is the revelation of God taking them to a desired future? Is the revelation of God changing them? That's good. Come on. Go, go to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah 43. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they'll see God. You know, Jesus, I mean, he, he demonstrated these things. 
Jesus, he was made into a man just like you and I. He, he, he said, it, it said he laid down his deity and he became a man just like you and I. Hebrews talks about that he was a man. He was touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He was touched with the feeling of our weaknesses. He understood something about this aspect of life. And he told us, don't seek your own glory. Don't pursue just, just what you want to pursue. But bring, align yourself with what God wants to do in and through your life. In Isaiah 43, verse 1, it says, But now, in spite of past judgments for Israel, I'm reading the Amplified, it says, Thus says the Lord, He who formed you, or he who created you, O Jacob, and he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. Ransomed you by paying a price instead of leaving you captives. I've called you by your name and you are mine. Man, look at this. Look at this. You, you see, that, that when I was saying, I love you, I love you, God was looking through what the prophet Isaiah said and said, I created you and I formed you and I ransomed you. And he says, I've redeemed you. And he said, I've called you by name. Yes. Say that with me. He's called me. He's called me. By name. by name, I am his. I am his. Verse two says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. You see, this is, see, God is, he's a God of glory. The God of glory is also the father of glory. Meaning he's the, he's the one, he's the creator of it. Then he established the Lord of glory, which is Jesus. The, what is a Lord? The Lord, if you look what a Lord is, a Lord is a distributor of something. That's good. And the, and the Holy Spirit is the spirit of glory. So you have the father of glory that, that is glory, who gave it to the son, who is the Lord of glory, that distributed it to the Holy Spirit to then cause us to live and walk in glory. So, so if we look at this, it says, when you pass through the waters, I'll be with you. You, you can't separate glory from who he is. Glory is what he is. The glory of God is what he is. The glory of God is an English word that, that is just in one word trying to sum up all that God is. And it's impossible. That's good. That's good. See, so when I say the glory of God, what I'm saying, I'm saying everything that God is in one word. Everything that God is in one word. And, and, it's, and it's, it is really in the natural. It's hard to grasp that and understand that. But he says, I will be with you. Glory will be with you. When you walk through the waters, I will be with you. Glory will be with you. You go through the rivers, they will not overwhelm you. Why? Because glory is with you. When you walk through the fire, you'll not be burned or scorched, nor will the flame kindle upon you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I give Egypt for, it, for your ransom and Ethiopia in exchange for you. Why? Because you're precious in my sight and honored. And because I love you, I will give men in return for you and people in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. Fear not, for glory is with you. I will bring your offspring from the east and you're gathering you from the west. I will say to the north, give up and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. Even everyone, even everyone who is called by my name, whom have I created for my glory. Now listen to that. For everyone who is called by my name. Are you called by his name? Everyone who is called by my name, whom have I created for my glory? 
whom I have formed and whom I have made. You are created for his glory. Just close your eyes for a moment and think about that. You were created for his glory. You were created for his glory. Hallelujah. You are, you are a big deal. You are a big deal. All the things that God says through this, meaning, meaning with the enemy established in the earth, I'm going to do everything in my power to get it back. Everything, because why? I want the ones in the north and the and ones in the south. I want them to come back to me. Come on, come on. See, when Adam and Eve were created, come on, and they were created, they were created by glory, and also clothed in glory. That's right. That's right. Not only were they created by glory, but they wore it. That's right. Come on. Wore it. It, it says in Psalms two. It says they were clothed with glory and honor. Man, they wore glory like a coat. That, that's, that's what made them like God. The greatest thing that made them was the glory of God that they wore. So when they stood before each other and they were naked, it says they were unashamed. Why were they naked and unashamed? Why? Because they had glory on them. You see, and when you forget about glory and you forget about the purpose of glory, it'll always bring you to a place of shame. Shame, shame bore your sin. I mean, glory bore your sin. That's right. Hallelujah. You, he calls you by name. And he says, and you are mine. You're created for glory. That's right. Hallelujah. Amen. I'll get back in that in a moment. But... <laughs> All righty. <laughs> Look at Hebrews. Go to Hebrews chapter 1 with me real quick. You see this. You and I were created in his image and his likeness. Amen. In the process of time. You know, Satan came and stole our birthright, but Jesus bought it back, and when he bought it back, uh, he made it amazing. Look at this in Hebrews chapter 1, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of of his glory, who being the brightness of his glory, who being the brightness of his glory. The word of God says that when Jesus is high and lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. The way you and I came to Jesus is because Jesus was high and lifted up. We saw the brightness of his glory and we know we needed what he had. Come on. So that's, that, that's what he's talking about here. The brightness of his glory. So, and the express image of his person. So knowing God and the intimacy that we're supposed to have with him comes from that personal relationship with God, not somebody else's revelation of God. Come on. It's not head knowledge. It comes from you and I developing our relationship and our intimacy with him. So he says, upholding all things, the express image of his person, upholding all things by the word of his power when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So he cleansed us from all unrighteousness so that we would be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we are made in the image of God and we have been recreated to be perfect in him from this day forward, right? Amen. So here we are. But here's the thing is, you and I have got to go from glory to glory. 
We've got to go from revelation to revelation, from understanding to understanding. What we know of God today and considered to what we used to know God as is totally different. Amen. But we got to continue to unveil who he is in our lives in order for us to walk in more of that glory. All right. Because we look at this Hebrews, just skip over one chapter two ten. for it became him for whom are all things that by whom are all things and bringing many sons unto glory, bringing many sons unto glory. So we become sons of God through Jesus Christ in that process. Now, look at this. Now, you look at John chapter 1, and this is a real popular scripture, but verse 1, I mean, chapter 1, verse 14. And we beheld his glory as of the only begotten son of the father. Now, this is what's really interesting about that, because later on in that chapter, John the Baptist goes, behold, the Lamb of God. Okay, so, but in the first part, when he's saying, we beheld his glory. These guys had grown up Jews. They knew the Messiah was coming. They knew that there were some things about him that would identify him as who he was. Because see, there's some counterfeits out there in your life. Come on. And you got to know God for who he really is. And somebody may tell you what they think God is, but you need to measure it by God himself, who is the express image, his son. Take the word of God. Let the word of God be the determining factor of what you believe who God is. And we got to take that. So what they did is that that word beheld there, they beheld, they studied it. They compared him to what the word of God says. Does he line up? We beheld, they're, they're a living testimony going, we beheld his glory as of the only begotten son of the father. So the closer you and I get with God, the more intimate we get with him. He reveals himself to us by his word, who is the express image of himself. You see God, you see Jesus, you see God. Looking unto Jesus, Hebrews chapter 12, verse looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. My faith can't be on somebody else's revelation. My faith has got to be developed in order for me to see the glory of God in my life from an intimate personal relationship that I'm having with God according to his word, which was birthed for me through Jesus Christ. That's what you and I have to do continuously to grow. Because as it says, and you look in Corinthians, we go from faith to faith. Let's look at that, and I'll turn it over to Pastor Justin. Second Corinthians 3. I get excited. Can you know what I'm excited about doing this? Good. Second Corinthians 3, 16 through 18. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil hmm, shall be taken away. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. What Lord are you talking about? Jesus. But we all, with open face, beholding as in the glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image. Oh. The more we look into him, the more intimate we get with him, the more we come in here with an attitude of worship and God, you are God and reveal more of yourself to me. I want to know you more. I want to know your ways. I want to know your, I want to understand you for everything that you are. The more we do that, the more we get, it gets unveiled to us and we begin to get changed from glory to glory like God intended for us to be. Pastor Justin. You know, just is getting that understanding that of what my pursuit is and what my focus is. It's like my focus is on Jesus. My focus is on Jesus. He says, the author, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of my faith. 
You know, it's so easy to get pulled away by distractions in life and get your heart filled with the wrong things and focused on the wrong things. You know, in Isaiah chapter 43, this whole aspect is bringing, bringing God's people out of the Babylonian captivity. What's another way of looking at Babylon? Babylon, if, if you look it up, it really means just the world system. You know, if we look at debt today, that is the Babylonian system. That, that was, we, we were told to know, own no man anything but to love him. But according to the Babylonian system is, is, is debt and then interest. That's, that's, the, that's the worldly system on how you do things. God's kingdom operates on give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That men will give into your bosom. So, so here we talk about, we were brought out of a Babylonian system. Well, where did that begin? It began in, without taking time to, to, to read it, it began in Genesis chapter 11. Because that's what, that's what we're, we're always going against is, is the world system versus the kingdom of God. We, we, so we have to monitor which one am I going to live by and which one am I going to pursue and go after. And, and so in Genesis chapter 11, it's, is there's this ruler by the name of Nimrod. When I first heard that, I said, that's actually a guy in the Bible <laughs> named Nimrod? <laughs> I thought, it, I thought it was something that was on like Lord of the Rings or something. And it was like, you know, I was like, is this Narnia? This guy's, this guy's name's Nimrod. It's like half beast and half horse. Or, you know, I just had this idea of what Nimrod looked like. And, you know, and, and so here this guy, Nimrod. Uh, isn't that a funny name? It's like, poor, poor guy. Maybe it just, yeah. It's, anyway, but, but here, what happened? They, they, they were known for what? They, they were trying to do things themselves. They, they, were, they were trying to, you know, and, and, and we always focus on what were they doing. They were building a tower that reached into heaven. But that wasn't really their motive. See, see their, their motive wasn't just, I just want to build a tower that reaches into the heavens. Because if you keep reading in that same verse, it says, because we want to make a name for ourselves. Everything was about wanting to make a name for myself. I want to make a name for myself. How, how often in growing up and living do we have that, that pursuit in our hearts? I want to make a name for myself. Wow. I, I, want, to make a name for, I want to make a name for myself. And, you know, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to be successful. But what, at what expense? I, I want to I, I make my name, I, I want to make my name great. That's what, that's what they were asking. They're saying, saying you, know, you know, we understand about God. We've heard about God, but you know what? We want to we do something without God. We want to do something great without God, and we want to make a name for ourselves. And that's really what the, the enemy did with Eve in the garden. She wanted to deceive her out of what she already was, and, and, and just this idea of I want to be great apart from God. But if you go over to the next chapter, in Genesis chapter 12, God confuses the languages because their motives were wrong, their hearts weren't right. But if you go over to Genesis 12, the next chapter, he shows up to a man named Abraham. He shows up to a man named Abraham and says, leave your father's house. Go to a place that I'll show you. And he says, I'll make your name great. You see, you see, the children of at that time, God's people, the creation of the earth. I can't say God's people. The creation of the earth, they wanted to make a name for themselves. But, but God goes over and lets us know, how do we do it? He says, follow me. I'll make your name great. And you know what? And you'll be blessed to be 
a blessing. Meaning everything I do through you will be an extension of my glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. This is just, hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm not, not to embarrass anyone, but this morning, if you're here this morning and, and you, you and your family don't have food to eat, just slip your hand up. That's not to embarrass you. Hallelujah. Anyone? Hallelujah. I know that's a, it can be. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I know it can be embarrassing, but we're, we're a church body. That's right. Hallelujah. I just sense in my heart there's some people here that you need help with food. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. I believe God's wanting to bless you. That's right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. You know, see, it's His glory that makes the difference in your life. It's His glory that makes the difference. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the book of Acts, you know, it said they had... No one had need. Hallelujah. I said, this isn't to embarrass you. I just believe there's someone here. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm. I could be missing it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'd rather miss it thinking I'm obeying, knowing, thinking, believing in my heart I'm obeying God. Hallelujah. 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 I believe God's wanting to to meet a need in your life. Hallelujah. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 43, 10. I'll hand it back to Rick. It says, you are my witnesses, says the Lord, and my servants, whom I have chosen. He's chosen. Why has he chosen you? You have to keep reading. It says, that you may know me, believe me, and remain steadfast to me. And understand that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall there be after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. I, even I, am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. Pretty blunt, huh? He says, I've chosen you for what? That you might know me. You know what? And the thing is, is with Jesus in the New Testament church, he put all of us in there. Jew and Gentile alike. He's chosen you so that you would know him. You know, Pastor, Pastor just uh, ministered that. Um, and I'm sitting there and, you know, all of us at different times in our lives, we've,
cried out, you know, Lord, I need some help. Lord, do something. And, you know, I, I believe with all my heart, Pastor, I heard from the Lord. And, and you need to know something. That was your cry that you poured out to God, Lord, I need help. And think about that. He, he, he not just didn't tell somebody, he told a pastor, your pastor, who has a passion for you. And there's people in this room that would love to sow into you. And you don't, you're, you're doubting whether or not you're even loved. And I'm telling you, we, he loves you. We love you. God loves you. And he does not want any of us at any point in time to go without in any area of our lives. And you know what? His desire is to manifest his glory through his people. And, and what Pastor did was he gave an opportunity, not just for us as like we could give out of our, our we, have a, we have a tithe and giving account, but the reality of what God can do through more people when an intent is involved in what God's trying to meet someone, we're not trying to do it. Pastor didn't get up here to do that. Pastor was wanting, he was listening to the Lord and the Lord was wanting to reach out to you, receive it. But you know what? That's in any area of our lives. There can be anything in our life that's going on in our lives that, you know what, you're believing God for something, but you know what, no, no, I, I'm, I'm believing God. It's like that guy that, you know, he's believing God, there's a flood coming, and all of a sudden a, a Jeep drives by, and uh, a guy says, jump in and we'll take you, it's, the flood's coming, so let's go. And he just looks at him like, no, I'm believing God, God's got me covered. And so then you know what he does? He goes and gets on the porch roof. And so he's sitting on the porch roof, and here comes a guy in a boat. And he's going by in his boat, and he goes, hey, why don't you jump in? The flood's coming. It's raising. Man, this is supposed to be all fixing to be underwater real fast. Come on, jump into the boat. And then what, what happens next is he's on the very tip top of his chimney. That's all that's left. And they fly a helicopter by, and the guy drives a rope and says, hey, jump on. We'll get you to cover. Come on. The flood's coming. You're fixing to be gone. You know what? He dies. And he gets to heaven. And he goes, God, what happened? He said, well, I sent a Jeep. I sent a canoe. And I sent a boat. And I sent a helicopter. Why didn't you get on one of them? You know, here's the, you know, you have to reckon, you know, and I'm not, and this is a reality for all of us. All of us have been in situations in our life where it's not comfortable. Where you're believing God for something and you need a supernatural miracle in order for that to take place. In order for you. I, I was thinking about my, my childhood, even growing up. When my parents went into ministry, uh, my mom left IBM. My dad left. They bet, we left everything paid for and went into the ministry. He took that oath of poverty. Ouch. But we lived as a young, as a young kid. I remember living in a basement. The basement of, a, of the church. Eating Vienna sausages and crackers. And that was our meals. And if somebody brought us something, my goodness, it was like Christmas. Any time somebody brought us something. And I'm telling you, sometimes there's times in our lives that we've got to just go, God, however you want to do this. Just however you want to do That's what Pastor Justin, don't put God in a box. God's trying to reach out and trying to do something in your life that will change your life forever. But one day you'll be that person. You'll be the person on the other side of that. And God will allow, will allow the glory to be manifested in your life as an extension to somebody else's life. But you've got to receive before you can ever give. Amen? A couple of scriptures. Man, this is, Pastor, this is so much fun. Because, you know, you're, you're doing this. We didn't, we didn't like go. We, 
I've been, in, I've been in seminars for 10 hours a day for the last three days. We haven't talked about this morning we got together, and this is so much fun. We just, know, he knew that he heard from the Lord on this, and we just began to pray, and we got and kind of shared a little bit of our notes. That's about it. And so, but here, it's so good to see what God's doing right now. Look at this. I want to share a couple of scriptures. Man, there's some, I, I like to sing when I do things. If you get around me very long. And so, and this, one of the songs was, I see the Lord seated on his throne. Exalted, y'all remember that? And the train of his robe, it filled the temple with glory. And the whole earth is filled. That's good. And the whole earth is filled. And the whole earth is filled with his glory. Look, look at that scripture. Isaiah chapter 6, 1 through 3, and I'm going to do this from the New Living Translation. And it was in the year King Uzziah died. I saw the Lord, and he was seated on a lofty throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were the mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And with two, they flew. They were calling out to each other, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of, is the Lord of heaven's armies. Come on. The whole earth is filled with his glory. The whole earth is filled with his glory. What's taking place, the more you and I look into the brightness of his glory, into the express image of his person, you and I are being changed from glory to glory. You know who that train is that fills the temple? It's me. It's you. He's looking to manifest his glory through me, through you. He's looking to pour himself out into us so that all the earth can see the glory of God. Because just like when they saw Jesus, when this is so cool. Because this is literally, if you go look at the Greek translation of when John goes, behold, here he is, cousin to Jesus, grew up with him his whole entire life, just got through preaching, and all of a sudden he's talking to his disciples about the coming, and coming king, and all of a sudden he had not recognized him to this point. But all of a sudden he goes, behold, that was an exclamation like, whoa, check it out, that's him. That's him. Well, see, there's some things that are that God's doing in your life, and he's placing his glory on your life so that people will go, wow. Do you see what God's doing in their life? The manifested glories on that guy's life. The reason they knew that Moses had been in the glory, because he's shown with the glory. There's a, there's a disposition that takes place on your life and a demonstration that takes place that the glory of God begins to manifest in everything that you do. Your, your, your teachers, your, your coaches, your, um, your job, the people that you work for, they don't know why, but they just keep promoting you. Why? Because that's the glory of God that's on your life. And it's taking you from glory to glory to glory. How does it come? By looking intently into the express image of who he is. Who? Jesus, the written word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And then he said in verse 14, and we beheld his glory as of the only begotten Son of the Father. Amen? He said in Colossians 1.27, a real similar, familiar scripture. He says, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, Christ in me, the hope of glory. I'm going to finish my part here. 
look at John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, we're going to see something here because the reality of what took place was Moses was not as great as what God's wanting to do in your life. That was an old, old Testament. That was an old covenant built upon old promises. We're in a new covenant built upon better promises. And when you see this, you're going to realize what God is desiring to do is manifest his glory, not only around you, but in you. Look at this. It says here in John chapter 17, verse 11. And now I am no more in the, this is Jesus talking. I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And he's praying, to, he's praying to God the Father. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those that you have given me, that they may be one as we are one. Neither pray I. So you're the, well, that's the disciples, brother. That's the, that was the Bible days. No, listen to this. Neither pray I. Go to verse 20. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe. Say, so I'm a believer. On me through their word. What word? The word of God preached, who is the risen Savior, Jesus himself. Amen? That they all may be one, as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us. Oh, my goodness. The reality of royalty. That the world may believe. See, that the world may believe. The world may believe. They're going to look at you. Going, there's, there's a God. There's some people that y'all went to high school with or went back in the day. They go, they see you now. They're like, there is a God. Come on. Seriously. Reality hit. Oh, my goodness. They know where you were and who you are today. You are not the same person anymore. Amen. And so come on. And they see that. What is it? That's the glory of God in your life. Okay. And he says this. And the glory which thou hast, which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one, I and them, thou and me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know the whole earth, the whole earth, the whole earth is going to know that the world may know that thou hast sent me and hast loved them as thou hast loved me. There's something different about those guys, those ladies. There's something different about them. What is it? Jesus, Jesus, amen. As thou hast loved me, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for, the love, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Amen. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. And I'm going to close with this. As, as Rick was talking there, and just this understanding of, of what Jesus did in that prayer and what he said. You know, Jesus also said this. He said, he goes, as my father sent me, so I send you. As my father sent me, so I send you. See, it's not like waiting till you feel like Jesus or till you're good enough like Jesus. It's just do what Jesus did. He says, as, I, as my father sent me, so I send you. Hallelujah. 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 You know, just how did he send him? Acts 10.38 tells us. It says how, how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth 
with the Holy Ghost in power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Think about that. And Jesus said, as my father sent me, so I send you. So I hear Jesus saying, (laughs) thank you, Father. How God anointed Rick. (laughs) For Rick to go about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. How, how, how God, or you say how Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to anoint Vic yeah. so Vic could go about and do good, yeah. do good, yeah. do good. Yeah. See, sometimes we just need to start with doing good. Yeah. You know, if you, a lot of times people are like, well, I just want this power to flow within my life. Well, just start with doing good. Just, just, just start with doing good. Start, start having kindness. See, a lot of times we, we want the power to flow through our lives, but just start with good. Because I believe when, we, when, you, when you operate with the right heart and do things the right thing, it gives you a vessel for God to flow through. You know, and, and by people coming up here, what are you, you're, that's, that's God's goodness. That's God's goodness. That's God's goodness. How, that's God's goodness. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of who? The devil. For God was with him. You, you have something in you that can relieve the oppression of the enemy in someone else's life. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Everyone stand to your feet. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.